91.3 KBCS, Music and Ideas, listener-supported radio from Bellevue College. Next, a panic attack is a sudden, full-body, physical experience of intense fear when there isn't an apparent cause. Mental health educator Kathleen Donaldson suffered from many of them starting in high school, and she describes the experience. The first one that I had, I was driving and I hit traffic and my vision narrowed, which is common. You get tunnel vision. And then my heart felt like it was beating out of my chest. My hands were shaky and sweaty. I started to feel like I couldn't breathe. Really, the only thing that I could think was, because this is common, is all I thought was, I'm going to die. Like, this is it because it's such a full body experience and it was so scary. So eventually I did pull over and call my dad. And so that's how panic attacks happened for me and continued every day for probably the next year. It would happen at random times. And then my instinct was usually fight or flight. So a lot of times I would have to leave the situation in order for me to calm down. Sometimes it would take up to 30 minutes What was going on in your life? Looking back on it, the things that were happening was, you know, I didn't really have a stable home environment. There was conflict going on between me and my parents. That's normal when you're 16, but it was just a lot for me. And then I know I wasn't getting much sleep because I would stay up till 2 a.m. on my phone, on social media, and then wake up at six and go to school. A lot of it too was also just how I was eating. Like I know that I was eating really unhealthy and a lot of that's really normal when you're a youth, like you're just kind of eating what's around you. You're hanging out with your friends. You're not thinking about it, but looking back, I think it was hard for my brain to predict anything being stable because my schedule was so inconsistent our brains really like patterns and habits because it's things that are normal and they can predict. And I just didn't really have any of that. My parents were divorced. I would be going back and forth from one house to the other. And if I didn't get along with my stepmom that day, I'd go to my mom's house. So the unpredictability of where I was going to stay or who I was getting along with, there's a lot of environmental factors. It makes sense why my brain was going into that fight or flight mode a lot. If you're watching someone else go through it, you actually might not even know they were having a panic attack. That's a lot of what's hard with how to support others is so much of mental health challenges are really internal. You're also not really processing anything else that's going on. Like if someone talks to me when I'm having a panic attack in one ear, out the other ear, because the only thing you can really focus on is what's going on for you in that exact moment. We know what also happens when you um, have a panic attack is your digestive system will slow down or sometimes stop. So for me, I got water and I got food. That's kind of one of my signals of when I know I'm coming out of a panic attack is when I can feel my stomach starting to digest food again. I think for the safety, for the most part, it's really just, it would be taking myself out of that situation. Um, And in the places where I can't do that, it's usually breathing. I would like to like, have something to do with my hands. And then sometimes it's just distracting myself. Sometimes that's the only way to really get through it. So like music, watching a show, even sometimes those things don't really work. People get through panic attacks differently. 
a lot of people didn't really know a lot about mental health and it wasn't really to any fault of their own, but I think a lot of my peers, teachers, a lot of the adults in my life still had a lot of stigma around mental health challenges. And so it was really hard for me to navigate these panic attacks. It was hard for me to complete a day of school or explain to my teachers that my mental health was so bad that I just couldn't be there. And a lot of the responses I was getting was like, just get over it or just be positive or just calm down. You're just nervous. I graduated from PSU with my degree in psychology and then the pandemic happened. (laughs) I was interning at a place that did talks around mental health and I evaluated their program and I found out that it was harmful because the students were listening to these talks, which was great and the conversations around it were great, but there was no further support around it or further education around what is mental health, what are some coping skills, where are the resources for when I need to talk to someone, where are the adults who I can talk to and trust if my parents are not there or if I'm not really having a good home life. Also because the pandemic, a lot of the mental health challenges were just getting a lot worse. So we looked at anxiety rates, depression rates, suicide rates, all going way up. Now more people are struggling, but a lot of people are still struggling to like have support around it. So I came to Lucy And I told her, now's the time (laughs) to start this toolkit. And at first it was really supposed to be around anxiety. And then we realized that we can't just support the youth by only working with the youth. It really is creating this trusted adult network. It's about creating community capacity. We're first training the adults in their lives. We're training the teachers, the counselors, the parents on how to be a trusted adult and how to create a safe environment for youth. That was mental health educator Kathleen Donaldson speaking about her experience living with panic attacks in high school. Donaldson went on to receive her degree in psychology and is now a co-creator of the Calm and Connected Toolkit, alongside Dr. Lucy Hackbert, a local clinical psychologist specializing in social and emotional learning curriculum. Their program is being implemented at schools and family resource centers in Western Washington. I caught up with them to talk about this program. What is this, you know, trusted adult term? For me, a trusted adult is someone that I can go to regardless of what's happening. And I know that it's a safe space for me to talk, express my emotions, and just be myself. And what we're really trying to create is just these relationships that are safe for youth to have with adults. Um, where adults also have the skills to be able to be there for you um, and create a safe space of trust and connection and then also resources too. So I think a big part of it is um, they can say, okay, well, maybe this is time where you need to go talk to someone else or I can give you some more information about that. So they are also someone who... Um, can give you some knowledge that is reliable as opposed to sometimes with we go to peers and maybe don't have the most reliable information. Tell me about this common connected 
toolkit, what are some of the tools that are in it? So the first part is a trusted adult training, understanding the needs of the youth, understanding how to be there for them. Um, One of the things we talk about is how to be genuinely optimistic as opposed to what we call toxic positivity. So I guess an example for that would be just get over it. The opposite side of that is I acknowledge that what you're going through right now is really hard and difficult. And I am here to work with you through it and we can find resources together. One thing that I used to get a lot was like a lot of people have it worse than you. And instead of that, it's really, I can acknowledge that this is a really hard thing that you're going through. It's really normal. You're not alone in it. And again, I'm here for you as you go through all of these things. And then we actually have the adults go through and look at their own triggers, which is a big thing because when you're trying to be there for youth, things might come up for you as an adult. Things might happen where you're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I hadn't processed this trauma or I hadn't processed things in the past. So we give them a chance to identify those triggers and find some ways to deal with them when they come up. Working with the trusted adults in module one is to really help them to understand what does it mean to offer acceptance and validation as opposed to shutting down the conversation. Because again, we're trying to create a space for adults to build their capacity, their capacities for self-awareness, for self-management, for responsible decision-making. So all of that requires being more engaged in a conversation. And what we see with toxic positivity is it also just stops the conversation. It's often just a comment as opposed to an inquiry you know, or a question or a statement that leads into more conversation. So for example, if I say, don't think about it, stay positive, that kind of stops the conversation. But if I say, can you tell me more about what you're feeling today and what you're experiencing? I'd like to know more. I'm listening. That elicits a different level of engagement from the youth. So again, it's, it's a relational approach that really emphasizes the ways that we can step into this dance of trying to connect, which can be challenging and hard and requires us to have different strategies based on the situation and based on the youth. But we're trying to move the adults out of this space where they just stop the conversation because they don't validate the emotion that the youth is having. What I think often comes to mind for people is that this youth is coming to me. I don't know if I have the tools to help them. You know, maybe they should be going to a psychologist, someone that's trained in this instead of me. I might harm them even more. What would you say to that? Well, I think that is a real concern that we've heard from people. But I would also hope that we could even roll the tape back further before the panic attack. And a lot of the work that we're doing is trying to create a culture where we're investing in relationships. And we're recognizing that youth have fundamental needs that can really only be met by trusting adults. 
ideally there's a whole network. We like to call it a, a web of support that youth and adults are woven into. And that whole network is holding everyone. It's holding the individual youth and the individual adult, but it's also brings other people in. Hopefully we're not moving through life from a place of hesitation and fear. We're moving through life from a desire to be current and to be present and to make meaningful contributions. Youth need to feel that they have meaning and that they are contributing to our society. And when those needs aren't met, that's when the apathy can start to set in. And the same can be said for the adults. Adults, as you get older, you can start to feel like there's more that you don't understand and there are new things happening that you can't follow. And so we're inviting adults into a space of working with that experience and, and maybe transforming it into you have a lot to offer and the youth need you. The most important part is that you can have a therapist and have this web of trusted adults, but this web of support. If the child needs a therapist, that's great. And the adult's still a huge part of their team. Just because you are getting the more professional support, psychologist, psychiatrist, therapist, you're not taking yourself out of the equation. I think that doesn't lift off of the parent or the trusted adult because they're still a huge part of how to create this safe environment for them to be in. That was mental health educator Kathleen Donaldson and psychologist Dr. Lucy Hackbert. They're co-creators of the Calm and Connected Toolkit, highlighting a community and intergenerational approach to working with youth and mental health. The Calm and Connected Toolkit also features wellness goal-setting exercises and practices for self-regulation. For more information on their program, you can visit calmandconnectedtoolkit.com. For more KBCS stories and to support our work with a donation, you can visit kbcs.fm.